Hello, and welcome to Fine Beats and Cheeses, where we go together like a horse and carriage. I don't know. You'll figure it out. Uh, my name is Leslie Gray Streeter. I am a <laughs> columnist for the Baltimore Banner, an author, and a fan of marriage, because, um, you know, you get stuff and there's taxes and stuff. My co-host is... I am Lynn Streeter Childress. I am a maker of theater for young audiences. I am her twin sister. And um, and uh, I, I like I like there the marriage, go. too. I'm currently in one. It's good stuff. Okay. And and our guest is... Hi, I'm Emily Edwards. Nice to meet you. I, I'm an author and, and writer and podcaster as well. And I'm so excited to be talking to you about this. Enjoyable. Do you, is it okay if, yes, I, if I read your bio, Emily? Enjoyable. Okay. Emily J. Edwards is the author... Of the Girl Friday series, she earned her degree in writing, literature, and publishing from Emerson College and took the long road to becoming an author, working for over a decade as a wine and spirits journalist, fun, radio producer, and podcaster. She currently lives with her husband and several quadrupeds in Connecticut. That is freaking awesome. And it is very nice to meet you. And I am, um, I was a fan of, um, one of your podcasts. Your sister's I been on have. it several times, and I love talking to her, and I can't wait to have you both on soon. That podcast is called, <laughs> Can, Lynn, I'm going to say a word, okay? Because it's the name of the podcast. Okay, it's Fuck Boys of Literature, and it is one yes. of the most hilarious things I've ever heard because it's like all that stuff that you want to talk about when you were younger, and you would go, Heathcliff is a mess. What is wrong? What is up with Mr. Rochester? Why do I care about any of these people? And honestly, all these people are creepy. And that's one of the things that Emily has gone into. The last one we did was Huckleberry Finn, where we decided maybe Huck wasn't a fuck boy, but Tom Sawyer sure was. The, the worst, worst human, human being, being in literature and ever. I, just, I did not remember how terrible he was. I remember liking the book, and I think everyone thinks about, oh, it's the thing where they use the, the N-word a lot. It's also where a sociopathic little boy decides it would be fun to have a slave run away uh, accused of murder knowing that he didn't actually do it and, the, and wanted to figure out when it would be fun to spring it on him that he didn't have to leave town in the first place. So, yes. And That's Tom Sawyer? <laughs> Sorry, it's really hard. It's the end of wow. Finn. It's literally one of the most sociopathic, horrific things you will ever read in literature. And you're like, I read this when I was 10 and did not take any of this in. And you will as an adult. But we shan't go into it that is... too much further because that's a separate show. And this no, is a happy show. Vince? Was that Tom Sawyer? Yes. Yeah, and was Tom mom... Sawyer painting the fence? Was that Tom Sawyer? So he tricked Sociopath. children into doing his work. Sociopath, but that's neither here nor there. So we're not talking about sociopathic little boys who ruin the lives of people and actually cause actual murders. Um, where we're, it's true. Lend me that book again. I know, I know. There's I shouldn't murders. laugh, but, but yeah. So it's what are we actually talking about if not sociopathic Sorry, little murder boys? What's your topic, Emily? Oh, our topic today is marriage. <laughs> if we'll use the parlance of one of the greatest romantic movies of all of time. Of all time. And this is funny because when we first started doing this podcast, we were like, people are going to talk about Marvel movies and they're going to talk about comic books and they're going to talk about friends. And so we've, in the last several weeks, had some really, for, for want of a better word, deep conversations that are about that use pop culture as a springboard. We talk about goth girls and clowns, clowns, um, clowns. Okay, so this one 
And Lily said, she, she gave me a list because I was so excited to have her. And I couldn't believe that we had hoodwinked her into being on this podcast. But she said, um, how about the concept of marriage? And, you know, we're obviously going to, you know, put it in some pop, pop culture terms and stuff. But as a, a concept, it's a pretty big one. So I guess let's start with, because Lynn says she usually asks, so how did you learn about, you know, marriage? Um, but I guess I'll ask you, why is it that you wanted to talk about this? And what did you think that it was that people think is cheesy about marriage? You know, I'm I'm an elder millennial. I was born in 85. And so definitely of the generation where it's like everyone's parents were divorced, you know, and it was just like, and my parents stayed married. They shouldn't have. And uh, I was always just kind of like, I am never going to get married. I'm never going to get married. It's just, it's fine. I'm never going to get married. And then I was with my husband for 10 years and we finally got married. And I was like, first of all, like you said, tax breaks, so awesome, awesome, fantastic, totally. Like, I understand that the government and all, we'll get into the politics of marriage and stuff like that. But being married is fun. Man, if you marry the right person, marriage is pretty cool. Like, I once saw it described on the internet as having a sleepover with your best Aww. friend every night. And it's like, yeah, that's, marriage is really cool and it gets a bad rap. And it's somebody that you can put your cold feet on. I don't know why I think that's funny, but if you hear this, husband, I'm sorry. You know, we I know what we're funny. doing. Well, <laughs> one of the things that I think it's so funny because it's in a generational sense. Lynn and I are, are older than we are. You know, dead set Gen Xers, um, and we were the generation I think where people's parents were beginning to get divorced. And I think with a lot of our friends, it was a toss up. You know, divorced, divorced, single mom, married, married, divorced, whatever. But I remember. There was a spate of things that certainly were made for our age and then for people that were younger where all the parents were divorced, where no one's parents, no one was happy, and where marriage was approached with a cynicism, a, a deep cynicism, um, where, you know, also it was around the time where you began to have more and more shows where it was okay for people to be living together and not married. So... Mm -hmm. And then almost none of those people mm -hmm. wanted married. I think about things like St. Elmo's Fire, which was like one of the, that came out when we were 14, when Lynn and I, who were twins, were 14 in 1985. And that it was the big thing that Ali Sheedy and Jed Nelson's characters were, were living together, but not married. And that she wanted to get married. She wanted to, she saw herself in a traditional role. And he, of course, was cheating on her with everyone, including the woman he bought a negligee from for her, um, because he was a terrible human. So at the end, it's very cynical about things like marriage or virginity or traditional roles. Nobody in that show ends up happy or married to anyone that they were seeing in, in the first place. And I think that Emily and I talked about sort of like the way that, remember anything like the Bundys are married with children? Mm -hmm. Like married I mean, with children? talk about that, the Ugh. cynicism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh, like when I was a kid, like almost every single show was about people who were too young really to be married. So it was like friends, you know, where it was just like, the point was is that they were not sleeping together in the early years, you know, is that they were just friends. They were right. not gonna be romantically entangled. You're gonna be watching other people and nobody ever got married in friends, like not until like the later years. And you know, like the whole point was that like, right. Ross's wife left him for another woman and that's how terrible <laughs> marriage is. And like hetero marriage was like terrible. And like the, the ex-wife was going off and having babies and 
and stuff like that. And they were supposed to like never want that. Or like um, Seinfeld, which was like all these single people who had disastrous relationships and how abnormal it was to be able to have a long-term relationship that would end in marriage and stuff like that. And so like, I was always like super, super cynical about it. I was just like, why would you ever do this? Like every single pop culture thing was about how you're getting trapped. <laughs> you're, you know, it's like, it, or or like it, it's, it's a terrible institution to get involved in. And I was just kind of like, okay, <laughs> like I, I don't have to. Because I was old enough that, again, like people were living together and stuff like that. And, you know, like the religion, you know, Mary Tyler Moore kind of like or Dick Van Dyke show like that had Mm -hmm. dissipated, you know, where they sleep in separate beds and things like that. It was like, you know, but like those were the only two ways our culture ever talked about marriage. And it's funny you mentioned friends and marriage. So Ross was married his wife leaves him for we love this she's gay leaves him for a woman and raises their mm-hmm. child they're co-parenting but when he gets married yeah. yes. to uh, yeah. emily right that was her name emily um it was a mistake and he never really wanted her because mm-hmm. he was in love with rachel and so it's his idea the joke is is that ross has all these failed marriages yes and don't ross and rachel even get married in um yes in mm-hmm. Vegas and then get it annulled. So it's this idea, even though supposedly they're we know realize that they're in game for their show. Yeah. But they're never happy. Like they're hardly ever, ever happy. And I honestly, by the time they got together, I was so exhausted, I didn't care. Like the show ended with them getting together and they have a kid. I'm like, you know, y'all don't have to get married. Exactly. You don't even act like you like exactly. each other. Exactly. Where it's just like, you know, my my husband's boss once put it once when he was talking about a television show of just like all these shows that end up going up for a really long time, they always turn into soap operas. And it's like there always ends up being like some kind of like catastrophe and like, oh, who's cheating on who and da, 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 And like, and it's so accurate. You know, this show is ostensibly a half hour sitcom. It is supposed to be, a, it's like every single episode has a name called the one with the blank. And like, it's supposed to just be a right. situational comedy. And literally they would pull out these like completely unfeasible storylines that always had to do with romantic relationships. You know, it's like Monica and Chandler, they love each other. They hook up. They're so excited to be together and they have to hide it from all of their friends because they're not supposed to want to be in a relationship. They're not supposed to want to get married. And it's like, that's so screwed up. That is so screwed up. It's it is, and it's wild. I was thinking, again, to Leslie and I, were, Leslie was saying that she and I were, were born in 71, and so the shows that were on, that I'm thinking of, and like when we were pre-teens and then teens, so mm-hmm. Cosby Show came to mind, and mm-hmm. Family Ties came to mind, um, where you had these probably mid-30s to 40-year-old hetero married couples but who actually liked each other and you actually knew were having sex like the keatons on family ties you know that they loved each other and actually liked Mm -hmm. each other and they didn't put each other down and they you know the same with i mean again we're talking about the Cosby show even though we know bill cosby's legacy is something else but the show itself had two married uh Flirted. folks who liked each I, other I think and a lot had of this because you, where you are 
and that point in television is that a lot of there were family sitcoms and of course married with children carried on its head turned on its head but then you start to have which has never gone away the teen drama or young adult drama where it was not necessarily cool to have people married like you had melrose place anybody who got married on that show wanted to get killed or something terrible happened you know because or stalked or something and you know and you know, with 902 and 0 where you know in the first couple seasons their parents are there and they're this cool family and it's about the kids and everything and now that they kind of like shoved the parents off because nobody cared about them anymore because they were old and now brandon and brenda were old enough to have sex with people and they needed to use the house and who needed them and so so many less things became about marriage because the plot of the thing was all these shows began to skew younger and sexier and once again Mm -hmm. once it became more normalized to have to show and admit that couples even those committed to each other could be married could not be married but still live together and have sex and stuff and even children it was not um such an important thing not only was it not important thing to necessarily show marriages but as you said marriages if there were marriages they were cheesy like that ross's marriages became a joke or that um, mm-hmm. the marriages on like, you know, Melrose Place or that kind of things that always ended in death or stalking or, or you know, Kimberly blowing up the apartment yeah. building. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I'm Kimberly! I totally remember like when I was a kid, like my, like the child focused shows where I got to watch where it was like family matters, where it's like, that is a great thing, but it's obviously meant for children. Like it is, you know, it is meant for small kids. And so like, like you don't have Urkel if it's not meant for like itty bitty kids because like adults do not stomach that stuff. What's, you know, what's so funny about that show though, and I can say this sort of quickly is that Urkel wasn't even yeah. supposed to be a main character. So the show was actually a spinoff for the mom from uh, mm-hmm. uh, Perfect Strangers, Balky, that from that show. <laughs> and it was supposed to be, I know, love it. It was supposed to be about her and her husband and their family. But when Urkel came on, I guess sometime during the first season, he was supposed to be a one-off, but I guess the- The, the rating uh, spiked, yeah. The popular idea, right, idea is that when he came, there was a group of frat kids who loved him, who kept screaming, Urkel, oh Urkel, gosh, Like Urkel, at the live Urkel. studio audience. And- Oh my gosh, that's yes. so horrible as a producer. <laughs> and that's how he became, right? So he became not just um, a main character, he became what the show was about and it, and it went away yeah. from this marriage and this family thing. And it was actually behind the scenes stuff, supposedly still to this day about how the Poor original Phil Johnson, who like, you know, he's like, in like those yes. like Geico or like progressive ads now as like your TV dad. And he was literally my TV dad when I grew up. Like I loved watching Family Matters. Like I didn't care about Step by Step or not Step by Step. Um, uh, full House. I hated oh, yeah. Full House. Those full little house. girls were so annoying. And I was just, but like, that's another one where it was like, nobody was married. Uncle Jesse and his and his wife like yes. lived in the attic and they were just like literally. left alone, right? And right. then it's just, like, they literally lived in the attic and it was literally just about like all these unmarried dads, like, you know, and I was always just like, eh, okay, living in this gorgeous $9 million in Francisco townhouse. I've town been house. to the, um, anyone who's been to San Francisco, oh, I guess has gone by, you know, the house the three sisters that they used for 
the uh, the outside of that. And I remember, and it's such a big deal. I mean, I went like, you know, almost 20 years ago and still in the, the remake had not reboot had not yet come on and everyone on the tour was like oh my god let's get out and see this thing okay um but yeah you're right is when i look back on it i think it like i said it took a while probably into the 90s i mean even now well so much cynical was happening in pop culture with like family guy and and mm -hmm. south park and things where there's not a sincere bone and the body of any of those shows. It's all about mocking and destroying everything. So the idea that you could have something about marriage, I mean, even most of the shows, the streaming shows that are about marriage are always like, it's a disaster. It's a co She's cheating on him. How many more people can be? And it's just like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, Calamity. <laughs> people have much more exciting There's lives that show, than catastrophe, I do. <laughs> literally about a marriage. I mean, that's, and I, you know, so in literally called catastrophe. Oh yeah. And so so many shows now are about either like murderers or cults or or, or zombies or all of them zombie cult murders. Um, but I had asked Emily um, if there were marriages, and I'll ask you, Emily, is there a marriage semi recently since your childhood that you think of on TV or movies that you go, yeah, I I see how that's functional. I'm trying to think because I kind like, of know we came up with once while we were talking and like, but I don't remember which ones like I suggested, but I remember you suggested one that like resonated with me so much. And I'm going to bring up Jed and Abby Bartlett from the West Wing of just like the second you said that I was like, no. you're right. They are just the most one, like say what you want about how it portrays politics and life in DC and all of that jazz. And, 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 but like their marriage was wonderful. I mean, one of my favorite jokes from the entire show is that like he's got a night off and Abby's like, we are going to yeah. get it on because I have not seen my husband in months. And she keeps, she keeps telling him, I've got a special garment. <laughs> and I love how they phrase it. It's just like, oh, we know what that means. I've got a special garment. And like they keep, they keep getting interrupted. Yeah. You know, like Josh walks in, Toby walks in, like and Jed's just kind of like, here i get to see my wife and they were just such like a wonderful couple that loved their loved their them. kids just like intensely and i just like thinking like oh like they are they, they are portraying a person in the most stressful position anybody could ever imagine and he has a rock there to t like you know who is accomplished and brilliant and cares for him and they have fights mm -hmm. but they get over them and they resolve them and it's just like that is a really so like shockingly healthy and marriage. I, I found that the the health of it w when it was tested was proving how strong it was like in the very first episode i've just done a rewatch re very first episode leo the chief of staff's marriage breaks up where he forgets that it is it's his mm -hmm. it's his anniversary and he finally gets home where he to cover he sent like a string quartet or something she sent them home because she's ready to leave him and it's over um and you contrast that with jed and abby i was mm -hmm. telling emily and lynn knows this because i say it all the time for the last 25 years my because it reminds me of what marriages are. So, spoiler alert for a show that came on 1999, in case you guys are listening. Um, <laughs> the president is discovered to have MS, and he did not disclose this, which not only makes him a politician, you know, he's not just, because every once in a while the show, show tried to remind you that he was not just this 
you know, paragon of virtue, who's also a guy who wanted what he wanted. He didn't wasn't always honest about it. So mm -hmm. he um, did not tell anyone. His wife knew, and she's right. a doctor, and she winds up later having to give up her medical license for a year because she lied about it. But in the meantime, she, he has promised her they yeah. had a deal that he was only going to wow. serve one term because they figured that he was going yeah. to be in office wow. for four years, and then his MS would not have shown up by then. And if it hadn't shown up by then, it'd be fine. Mm -hmm. So she she realizes that his staff has prepared for him to run for a second term. And she has this fight with him where she says, we had a deal. We had a deal. And she keeps saying it. And I saw that in my late 20s, early 30s, not yet married, and went, well, that makes sense to me. And then as a wife, I was only a wife. I've been widowed longer than I was married. Yeah, it's sad. But I will say that we had a lot of marriage in there. Together six and a half years, married five years, five and a half years. And I remember reconsidering that scene and going, yeah, because there's always going to be a point in marriage where, like, you're, you're having an up day and your spouse is having an up day and having a bad day. And you go back and forth. And where this is the time where you got to batten down the hatches and be a support for that person, right? And that person has to batten down the hatch to be a support for you. And their deal was that his time was over. He was going to leave the White House. Mm -hmm. And he was committing them to four more years of interruptions and not just not being able to have sex on a regular basis, but of dealing with the fallout of his MS and dealing with the fallout of being the president. And that's not what she committed to. And it was so that they get over it but it takes a long time and it takes in the cycle of the story, you remember he messed up in his marriage, not as a president, but in, as a husband. Well, so put that next to, I just watched the latest episode of Grey's Anatomy. I don't know if you have Anatomy. I have never seen an episode, but I am friends with lots of oh. people who have worked on the show. So like, uh, there was a guy I used to oh. be really good friends with who was like co-executive producer. And so I never admitted to him that I was like, I've never seen your show, but I like know about it. <laughs> so I'll tell a very short story about it. There's a a married couple on the show who are colleagues she actually used to be his mm -hmm. uh teacher right um she was his his advisor or whatever but anyway uh they're both very successful in their in fields that, mm -hmm. um and in neuro right and so he decides that he wants to change specialty. She tells him that she doesn't understand that and she doesn't respect him for that. And so now there's this whole thing where I think it's, I almost think sort of revisionist. I don't know if you've watched it. This is a spoiler if you haven't seen 19th the 19th season what, we're on. Huh? April 6th okay. version episode of Brave Anatomy. But basically it's this whole idea though, this whole thing about career and marriage and ambition and what does that say? And when does one thing supplant the other? Like you were talking about with that West Wing where as a married couple, they decided they were going this far. Mm -hmm. And he was deciding, well, no, career-wise, it makes sense for me to do this. And so it was just interesting. I was watching the show last night where all of this came um, into it. And I was going to say sort of my favorite recent uh uh successful marriage thing from a show was um uh what is his name yeah uh, uh what are their names the pearsons from oh, uh yeah. this is us uh randall and beth 
Um, and they were, they went through stuff. And it's interesting that a lot of these issues on the show, but also in real life with yeah. actual marriages is yeah. about career and it's about money and it's about we're doing this and your job is bringing you this place. And, and you said you were going to do this and now I want to do mm-hmm. this. And what does that look like? And it really showed uh, people who almost didn't make it, but they but they did because they really looked at what was um, important. And it's interesting that a lot of times marriages on these shows and in real life that don't work out are because mm-hmm. one person's vision of where they were supposed to be differs from what the couple decided they were going to be yeah, that's, in the know, beginning. That's something that like I didn't really occur to me until right now because like I'm going to bring up another sitcom that starred an absolutely reprehensible human being. But Roseanne was the hugest wow. show when I was a kid, and again, truly horrible human being. Yeah. But uh, like you know, the show was about the fact that they were lower middle class people struggling to to raise their kids, and it's funny that like career. I wasn't like a, a huge watcher of the show, but like career rarely Mm -hmm. factored into it it's because they had jobs you know what i mean and so it was like you know so there's a different Uh, way that i feel like super affluent families are represented in media as opposed to um families that are not like particularly affluent so like i was thinking about again family matters you know where it's like they have an extended family Mm -hmm. living in a house and he's a police officer and i think she was a teacher and so again that was one of those like the family has to come together we have to have a healthy marriage because like family and marriage is the foundation on which like all of our dreams are built as opposed to like when you're talking about Grey's Anatomy and things like that where it's like these people are treating marriage as slightly more of a throwaway thing because their career their affluence is more important whoa and what she what did she work for a newspaper she worked I think she worked for a newspaper and that's so funny I'm now remembering I cannot tell you what I think the, the Keatons one of them was an architect right he was an architect. Yes, and it, and what was he? He was Stephen Ke- on Family Ties. Yeah, he was an architect. Was she a writer? Was she a reporter? I don't. I don't remember. She was a writer. She was Maggie a writer. Siever was, the, Maggie Siever was, was a writer. That's really on, interesting. Um, oh my god! Growing pains. All these. Yeah. Were, he was a psychiatrist. I think. Oh, and he was a and he was a psychiatrist. Oh, yeah. Who's I met once. He was the really late, nice man. Um, I will say that. Roseanne and Dan had a really warm marriage. Roseanne and Dan, and which is interesting, right? Because yeah, it was like, we have all of these issues and it's very, she was very obviously sardonic and the kids were a mess and her her family members wouldn't go away. But at the end of the day, they they really dug each other and they really liked each other. Um, Which reminds me of a show that was not good but I enjoyed both of the people on it, uh, Mike and Molly, that was like, what if fat people got oh, married? Oh, yeah. What if, what if they loved one another and had people yes. who cared for them? And, and like, do you remember that disastrous, like, and I don't know who let this woman, they must have hated her, let this woman write this blog. I think it was like Marie Claire or something where she wrote this thing that says, the sight of fat people disgust me and the, the thought of their fat bodies slapping together. Do you remember this, Lynn? That insane girl who wrote that story about how Mike and Molly physically turned her stomach 
I, I remember and it was insane that and that once again I said whoever said yeah go ahead and write that must have hated her I was like oh lord did nobody oh, said girl yeah. do you want to be Twitter's main character today hit publish time but to say oh my gosh y- yesterday it was a lady who said the um that Black oh, she's, yeah, like, um, she's an idiot. Oh, yeah, she's she's a I get into politics. She's a uh, trans woman who transitioned as a teenager and is now conservative and doesn't want anyone to transition until they're eighteen. It's like, but she hasn't detransitioned, so it's like, oh, I'm very happy being a woman now, and I I got mine. Uh, not for you. And then she's like, yeah, well, obviously black people they must have enjoyed it. You're telling me no slaves enjoyed their lives. <laughs> and I and I, I made it all they knew. No, it's anyway, fine. I'm I just sorry. We'll, I made a comparison about co- veal. Like nothing cogent. To I say. said we can understand that veal cows are very sad, and they've never known anything else but living in that box. So we ascribe a a sentiment to a veal cow with a sad life that we don't ascribe to human beings who were black. So uh, screw you, basically. Anyway, so marriage. So Mike and Molly. Um, that it was interesting as once again the this the show was a novelty at first. It's like, oh look, fat people who love each other and then may have sex. So it's crazy. And so then after you know, that terrible show. So once yeah. oh CBS. Now it's Bob Barbara's Epishola. What if people of different races and ethnicities loved each other? Wouldn't that be weird? You know, I don't understand why media is so cynical Stop. about marriage and what it like, how people actually go about getting married. Like, I don't understand why people are this cynical about it because, like, I don't care about tumultuous courtships. I like people seeing people go through life as a team. Like, that is so exciting to me of like, how are they going to overcome this yes. together? I don't give a, and I just don't understand why everybody is so damn cynical about it. Well, don't you think a lot of it, though, is about sometimes feeling like yes. because we have the choice to not do that, that we're not going decide, to decide to do it. So we talked about like Ricky and Lucy and the Dick Van Dyke show and those shows in the 50s and 60s where marriage was the, the only thing. thing. Marriage was yeah. the standard. Right. And if you weren't, something was wrong with you. And um if you um so yeah so that was that was the thing in the in the um uh media of the day showed yeah that, right and then you got to the yeah. 70s where mary tyler moore was no longer lara petrie from uh dick van dyke she was mm-hmm. now single girl in, in the city the and, street yeah. with her hat yeah exactly and so it so it seemed like once culture norms said caught were mm-hmm. where they were media then caught up to that that you could be single and you could be living with people because that was like the 70s kind oh absolutely with boyfriends but you didn't i mean it is one of the great like Maybe successes not, you know? of second wave feminism is that like you did not have to get married in order to have a job pay your rent you know like you were allowed to have a line of credit you know and it's like <laughs> oh my gosh you know <sighs> <laughs> that was the you know one of the great victories of, of Gloria Steinem. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. But like you know, but then they like never went back to the idea of like stability is kind of nice sometimes. And I'm not saying that marriage is the only source of stability. I'm just saying that like it is a fulfilling one if it suits you and your personality. And it just like it doesn't. I guess like I feel like marriage now is portrayed as though like you are either like oh 
white Christian evangelical, all I do is live to be subservient to my husband or or the freewheeling single girl who does, you know, whose life is a freaking mess all the time. And I'm just kind of like, there is actually happy middle ground that a lot of people occupy. Like, <laughs> right. And a lot of these shows where there is a happy couple. So I think of, mm-hmm. okay, Parenthood a, came to mind. Did you watch a little Parenthood, bit. Emily? So a little had, bit. <laughs> huh? You, so you had siblings. Um, two of the siblings were currently married. Mm-hmm. One sibling mm-hmm. was divorced and they portrayed her as like the hot mess, right? And then the other two had quote issues. solid unquote marriages, but then both had issues and emotional cheating and and other things and kids with special needs. And so there was always a thing, but it was this idea though of whether or not I guess it set out to be more of a realistic thing of marriages happen. You obviously love your spouse and sometimes things happen to challenge it, but then it's like, where does it wind up and where does it Mm -hmm. go? And what is that all? Well, there were four of them. And I, again, it's interesting as a, it was four of them. It was Coffee. The other child. Who got married. Oh, you're right! He wound up marrying. He's the mother of a child he did not know it existed until later. Yes. You're right. I was like, who's she I'm sorry, Jack Shepard. I forgot Crosby. Well, and it's so funny because Peter Crosby, who was the oldest son, Adam, uh, whose marriage was honestly ridiculous to me. Um, Their whole marriage was terrible. Um, Their their whole storyline was terrible. Um, That's not me. Terrible. Um, he is now on 911 where Terrible. his character is married to Angela Bassett's character. Where he, she's a police officer and he's a firefighter. And even though it's a ridiculous, you know, tragedy of the week, you know, adventure of the week story, their marriage is pretty solid. And part of it is that they meet in middle age is that they're both they're both divorced. Yeah. Well, his, his wife died, but he's a widower with a tragic backstory and she's divorced and her husband came out. Um, and, you know, married someone else and um, they find each other. Incre- they're so hot. Their first couple scenes together, it's just them making out against fire trucks and stuff. And it's like, look at these middle-aged Sweet. people who are hot and love each other. And it just, and also hot. these are very well-known actors. So that was exciting to see, like, look at this yeah. hot star lady and this hot star guy. And they both had a bunch of success and they're playing these people who are hot for each other and they got kids and stuff. And it was really cool. And so, of course, it's set against the backdrop of anything could go wrong. There's a terrible show that my son and I are obsessed with called Fire Country. Oh, oh my I God. heard it's about that. Terrible. Yeah. We love it. It's one of those CBS Friday night. And then everything blows up. Um, but there's characters who are, um, are fire ch- co- co-fire chiefs um, who have been married for a very long time and survived both the death of their daughter and the incarceration of their son who is this hot, hunky dude bro guy. He's literally, he's literally named Bodie, because of course he is. And he, and, and he, he winds is. up at the, the parolee fire yes. camp in his hometown, and he's estranged, and what will happen? Oh, no. But the parents' marriage is really cool. And like she's got kidney disease, and his brother hits on her, the dude, one of the dudes from Battlestar Galactica. There's like one guy from Battlestar Galactica, and they're always in everything. But anyway, you know the guy. The, the 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 guy was from Battlestar Galactica, the hot guy, the with the brown hair, the tall guy who's usually like somebody's jerky brother or something. Guy is. I'm gonna look him up. The character. I, I'm a. <laughs> is that him? 
Not Jamie Bamber. I don't know. No, not the guy that no. was on Law and Order, um, the British guy. I'm gonna look it up. British anyway, so I think it's basically oh. anyway. So a lot of okay. the show, a lot of these shows that are like, and then it's firefighters and everything is dying. There's mm-hmm. some pretty cool marriages on there because once again, it's exciting and because the marriage, like, there's a a show rescue um nine one one Lone Star. There's a uh-huh. inter- yeah, that's what yeah. Pablo. Um, there's an interracial couple, Grace and Judd, Jeez. where she's like this, like you know, nice girl, middle class girl, um, upper middle class black girl who marries this kind of like rednecky, like firefighter. Like, how's that going to happen? But they keep each other really grounded, yeah. and they've done some very nice writing in that marriage. So I don't know if mar- if TV needs a distraction of. I mean, every other week, one of them is like, yeah, like they need another fire. source yes. of drama. Like, you know, if it's, you know, if something's right. burning down, you've got all your drama there that you need. And the writers don't have to make <laughs> it about like, if you're fighting fires in the backcountry hills of California, like you don't have time to have an affair. No. <laughs> like, you know, you're slightly occupied. When would you have time? But like, then again, you- did you watch... Um, and the show just came to me, and now I don't remember. And Sam, our editor, will be like, what are you talking about? But um, we talked about parenthood. It was like a big one. It'll come to me. Anyway. Oh, Modern yes! Family is Thank one of my, you. like, you, Thank one you. of the things that I loved about that show was, um, like, the dad get like, a. Uh, I guess he survived married yes. with children and then he got to go on and be married to Sofia Vergara. And, but oh. I love that relationship because she was so shitty to her stepkids because her stepkids were grown yes. adults. And so she was just like, I don't have to treat you with kid gloves. Like you're an adult. You can have your feelings, yeah. but it doesn't have to affect me at all. And I was like, exactly. And that they, the, the daughter, you know, who spent a, a lot of time in her head inventing a rivalry with Gloria where Gloria wasn't thinking about her because she was, you know, her, mo- her mother was, her mother had been yeah. here with Shelley Long, who was amazing, <laughs> amazing in that. Uh, very funny where she, um, she had been very neglectful, Dee Dee and kind of just like flighty. And so she was daddy's little girl, mm-hmm. worked at the closet company with him and, you know, was because her, her brother had become Pritchard's, Pritchard's, was it Pritchard's Closets? Um, anyway, her brother was a, um, was an attorney, so he wasn't interested in going in the family business. So, um, Mm -hmm. she very much thought of herself as his other wife, basically. I mean, she was her dad's number two and Gloria was all the things that a uptight upper middle-class white lady would be threatened by, which is hot and Latin and, and with her own child, you know, pulling focus from, Mm -hmm. from her. And you're right that she would have these conversations with Gloria where clearly Gloria set her up like this evil stepmom. And I mean, where I'm not Gloria, what was the daughter's name? Claire set her up as like the Claire. evil stepmother. And Gloria's Claire. like, I'm over here being hot. Um, and it was really. Yeah, I don't have to worry about you. Don't have to worry about you. And because their yeah. marriage, unlike, I mean, I, Claire and Phil Dumpy were pretty good. I did not like Cam and who's he face? Uh, mostly because he was so oh, mean know. to Cameron. He was so, and that, that goes into the, the cynical part is that they were this family. He knew that he'd married a hayseed kind of Texas football guy who was gay, who loved musical theater, who when they presented their adopted child, he presented her like Simba. He came into the room and like, yeah. because 
He was a beautiful, Hilarious. passionate person who loved to flourish. And at the end of the day, and I'll ask you about this, um, there was no respect. He didn't respect him. Eventually. Eventually, he, though. He don't you think eventually? Years of the series being kind of embarrassed by everything and almost the Lucy and, yeah. and Ricky way. Mm-hmm. But don't you think that Claire and Phil were the same way? Like, their whole family dumped on Phil. Yeah. Um, on Phil Dumpy. I mean, you could show she cared about him, but that too, like, Phil was the Yeah, where she was always just kind of like, jokes. look at this dork I ended up marrying. And it's like, you didn't have to, but, you know. Yeah, no, and they they treated the marriages, or the eventual marriage of their daughter really strangely. Mm-hmm. Like, where she was like, she got pregnant out of, out of wedlock, and then they were like, oh, you should probably get married. And then I was like, this is... The 2000s, that does not need to actually have to happen. Yeah. But, you know, I, 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 I'm trying to think of, like, I wanted to talk about, like, how, you know, marriage as a topic. But, like, growing into all of these, like, representations of it, I was like, have we had a healthy, like, representation of, like, a normal I'm using normal as a very broad strokes here, but like right. someone who's not a firefighter, are they allowed to like, you know, have the hots for their spouse? It's, it's so hard. Once again, I think because culturally, you know, pop culture, I think is always two steps behind the culture. So yes, when you had the fifties and sixties where everyone is supposed to be the ideal marriage is the woman stays at home and, you know, vacuums in her pearls and the guy comes home and everyone's happy and he has so much wisdom and she kind of stands there fawningly and doesn't punch Eddie Haskell in the face like he deserves it. Um, Mm -hmm. It's because that twerp, Um, you know, you had, (laughs) that's what the ideal was. And then they moved into, oh, now we can show women who have careers. Yeah, Mary Tyler Moore, Mm -hmm. you know, was single and Rhoda was single and Rhoda got married and it was disastrous. So then it was okay for women to to then show married women in careers like on the the Cosby show or family ties or those mm-hmm. things. And then, like I said, and then began the sort of late eighties, early nineties cynicism about everything involving marriage. Cause you're right. Cause then they didn't have to be. So rather than just say, yeah. go ahead. I, Oh no, I was going to say like, I also like, I remember being one of, one of the most interesting television shows when I was a teenager was Will and Grace. And for me, that was like a really great depiction of the fact that you could have loving and supportive partners that were not your spouse. And so like, that is something that was like super important to me. But like, I think one of the issues with that show was certainly the fact that the actor playing Will was heterosexual Mm. in real life. And so they did actually have like a flirtatious like almost kind of like will they or won't they energy about it but it was like no the character is gay <laughs> like you know the, the answer is won't like the 90s when there were two different tel- uh, movies about straight women in love with gay men who were never going to be in love with them because um uh the one with jennifer aniston after my affection mm-hmm. and then the Madonna, Rupert Eppert one, where at the end somebody dies and they're singing yes. American Pie at the funeral. I don't remember anything about the oh. movie other one of their no one no one of their friends dies. Who dies? She dies or he one dies? And then they're died. sitting and they're saying, "Yeah." Oh. And once again, that's a kick-ass remake. Go Madonna. That was great. That American Pie was amazing. However, it was once again the cynicism where it's like there's this straight woman 
chasing this romantic ideal and she picks the absolute wrong person who will never love her. He will love her, but never love her. And it's sort of like a reverse will and grace. It's like, what if will, what if grace doubled down by wanting to have a child with will and raise the child with them? And so it yeah. was just, I was like, we need two of these movies. And that's when we, Lynn and I were, were both single. And I remember going, so this is my choice. These are my choices in my late twenties is, and I had just had a crush on a guy that was gay. And when I saw that movie, I was like, oh, this is very uncomfortable because I know what this is. I mean, again, it was different, but I like I get that. But, you know, what's so, uh, so funny, again, that idea of the perfect relationship being a friendship. I was thinking about the Golden Girls and how the original series ends mm-hmm. with Dorothy getting married, but she can't go into the next Mm-hmm. adventure with the other three who then have a very short-lived golden spin-off, palace the golden palace but isn't but isn't that funny though that her road ends with monogamy <laughs> and that she it's it, it was just so interesting but obviously i mean well we know br yeah. didn't want to do the show anymore but so of course it's you know real life of the actual actor spilling over into why the character is doing or not doing things. But this idea that the other three of them were free to go off and do and live the rest of their lives, but her journey with them ended that way or she was having their her own it, journeys. But you know how many shows or movies end in I'm coming back to you, my real love, who is my friend because these other things didn't work out. What's that movie? Boys oh, on the yeah, Side. I remember that, Boys movie. that yeah. movie. Yeah. 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 It's like your girls are the mm-hmm. ones who have you and will be with you when That's you're dying. That's what it was. I want to talk about was Sex and, and the City, which is the same thing. Uh, before I, before uh, I mention that, though, I want to ask you <laughs> before we go into the blah that is that show and all the 87 spinoffs. Um, Emily, what was the thing that most surprised you about liking marriage after thinking that it was a cheesy, terrible, cynical thing you didn't want to go into? Yeah, you know, I, I, I will. My parents did not have a healthy marriage, like at all. And I can say this because my, no offense, my mom's probably not going to listen to this. And my dad's dead. So like, hooray, I can say this like openly. But like they should have gotten divorced very early on and they didn't and so I was always just kind of like not going to tether myself down I'm not going to do all these things and then I had a complete mental breakdown when I was like in my late 20s I was 27 and I was just like I had the apparently this is pretty common the 27 my life sucks and everything is going down the tubes like apparently this happens between like 25 and 30 for like most women and so mine hit at 27 and i broke up with Mm. my husband we were just engaged at that point and i like moved out and i had this job that i hated that drove me insane and i was like i don't know what i'm doing and he stood there by me like basically supporting me after i'd broken up with him and he was just like anything that you need and he was like really really there for me the entire time so we got back together we still didn't get married we still didn't get married i was just like i'm never getting married and then uh but he was always always 
always there for me in every way I could ever imagine. And so it was just like, I was, I'm still coming over a lot of the things that I like I went through in my late twenties and like my, you know, and he was just always, I, and I never, ever, ever knew that someone could actually be there for you through absolutely everything. Mm. It was just something that had never occurred to me because again, you don't see it in your parents' actual marriage. You never see it on television. You never see it in movies. How Most of my friends' parents were divorced and like trying to make a go of it. And it never occurred to me that you could actually have someone who was there for you all the time. I'd never seen a healthy marriage. And so it was just kind of like, oh my God, like now that I'm in one, now that I have one, we got married because I was getting my health insurance through his company before we were married and then Trump became president. And I was like, I don't know how he's going to change the laws about how like health insurance and like ownership of property and all that stuff like happened. So we literally just went down to the court of records in Los Angeles, signed paperwork and left. Like that was our wedding. That's how we got married. And so like we still it's not a traditional marriage. It's not like a we. I wore a white dress at the church and did all of that. Like it's a very non-traditional right. marriage, but it is a marriage of partnership. And I had no idea that it was possible until I was in wow. one. And so when I'm talking about like, I feel like I don't care who's in the marriage in you know television shows and stuff like that. I don't care if I don't care who's in it. But I feel like. S- we've gone generations now without people being told like no it's it's okay to want and expect uh, and demand you have a partner who cares for you and loves you like it is not cheese it's cheesy if you believe in the i'm a disney princess and like i want to be swept away and all that garbage but it's not cheesy to want to have someone who has your back and I feel like a lot of people are raised that way. Yeah, I was going to say, and to expect that that person means it and right. to not be these television shows. I mean, I never watched Fleabag, but I just, I was in a moment where I just didn't need any more cynicism in my life. I didn't need any more, like, kind of shrugging, winking, whatever. I was I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this. Um, I'm, I'm done with it. So, I'm which, with you. Well, and you had a point I was going to make before Sex in the City. I saw you were going to say something. Oh, I can't remember what it was. But, but, but what I was going to say to that, though, you were talking about, like, Disney stuff is, again, a lot of these things being, you know, one thing happening and the next thing being a reaction to that and next thing being a reaction to that is a lot of the Disney stuff yes. what ended with the wedding. Like, Shakespeare, right? All of the comedies end with a wedding. But we don't talk about the marriages because in the marriages in Shakespeare are always somebody Death. cheating, somebody... Yeah threatening Mm -hmm. the two of them together to you know overthrow the government and kill somebody and kill the king right but but all the comedies end in a wedding and a lot of these disney things beauty and the beast um little mermaid cinderella sleeping beauty little mermaid they all end in a wedding but we don't see the marriage now we might see the marriage in the (laughs) spinoff straight to video one that then has to do with their child that they wrote in but then we're not really talking about the couple anymore which is why it it has to be about was so this young amazing because it shows after this fairy tale you didn't even think it was going to happen now you're both ogres and then 
now you're dealing with like her, the in-laws that hate you. <laughs> and then you're dealing with next with the kids who are nuts. And then what if you never got married? And so it, to me, for a, a cartoon about Green Ogre, oh, and then Donkey and the Dragon. I mean, they got married too. Um, yeah. And so you do see a continuation and you, you've grown to love these characters. You've grown to be invested in them, which brings me to Sex and the City. The listeners are going, oh my God, just let her do it. Stop! Stop talking! Stop! Stop talking around at <laughs> yourself, Leslie. So okay, it's my fault. But um, those characters are terrible, and I I think it was they wanted it both ways. That they like you were saying, Lynn, that so many of these shows, like Friends and like Living Single and stuff, were like these are your family. This is your family, and you don't have to be married. And these are people you come back to. Sex in the City made a very conscious choice in the beginning not to really talk about any of their families. It's like these people were born like whole from Zeus's head in the middle of a coffee shop in New York. Yeah. And um, so there was, you saw Charlotte's brother and the, who uh, Samantha of course slept with in the first season. And then you see that um, Miranda's mother dies, but you never, and you see Miranda's sister, but you, after that, there's no family, no one talks about it. So the people get married and there's nobody's family there. It just, and that to me, I'm like, how did you find four dysfunctional, four people dysfunctional enough that no one from their family speaks to them or they don't speak to anyone in their family like ever or talk about anyone in their family unless it's like the the meddling mother-in-law, you know, Bunny, you know, Charlotte's first mother-in-law. And so when they decided, okay, it's time for these people to get married, um, I don't know. Miranda and Steve, you know, start out as a fling and then she gets, mm -hmm. then they get pregnant and then it seems like, okay, this is a story about a couple who can raise a child. And then Miranda decides she wants to be married, which made no sense for that character, honestly, at all. At all. And then so no. in the terrible spinoff, which I'm still obsessed with because now I, I'm in, now I, I'm invested, she decides that she doesn't love Steve and they've made Steve the actor is still an incredibly good-looking man who plays a firefighter with it's a good with a good adorable. marriage. Um, by the way, on Chicago Fire, and whose wife just had cancer. Hold on a second. No, but I will say, like, I've I have seen like maybe three or four episodes of Sex in the City, like ever, and one of them is the one right. where Carrie is actively breaking up Big's marriage to the hot chick who she like throws oh. down the stairs and breaks her nose and yes. I'm literally just like this is in a show that is ostensibly about four truly reprehensible white women husband hunting like big game hunters in Africa and it's like they are li she literally like hurls this woman down the service stairs of their penthouse apartment and it's just like you are all so awful. And this show is so cynical about what marriage actually means because they all want to get married, even though they act like they don't. Like, Char like Charlotte's the only right. one who actually says, like, I want to get married and have my beautiful little 2.3, like, you know, courier and Ives, like, picture painting of what white right. womanhood is. And then the other three are just kind of like, no, I'm not going to do it. And like the worst, like conservative caricature of what f being a feminist actually is. And they're just like, what if we mocked 
second wave feminists until they were beaten to death and died. And then, then, but they're all ostensibly husband hunting. And I just don't understand it because they talk about wanting to be in long-term relationships, except for Samantha. But then she gets into a long-term relationship and it ruins her as a person. And it's just like, this is all so despicable. And it's so circular. It's like, what's the end game of this? It's like, we obviously still want these things, but once we get them, we don't really want them. Is it about the um, institution of marriage or monogamy, or is it just this is the wrong person? So now I'm going to continue to look, and it's where does it end? How does it end? If we were psychologists, we'd be sitting back going, what does that say about you, and what is it that we really want? But because it's TV, again, it's so interesting that... um, Pop culture is both a reflection of what's happening in the world, but also it sometimes influences what happens in the world because people decide that they want to be like that, like that thing. And they go, well, why is it my life like this and doesn't wrap up in 21 minutes? I feel like a lot of Sex and the City's um, problem was certainly Darren Starr and the gentleman who was writing it, who clearly has absolutely no respect for women and their agency whatsoever. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> he, he, but like, it, no, yeah, it was. It, that was an absolutely astounding pop culture moment to like, it came out when I was like in my early 20s. And so like all of my friends were right. watching like Sex and the City on box set DVDs and then going out clubbing. And so it was all just like my entire college years was girls like getting cuted up in order to like while watching Sex in the City and then going out to meet guys having watched Sex in the City. And I'm just like, all of this is so screwed up. Like, first of all, we're college students and we do right. not have the money to act like we are on Sex in the City because those women were earning millions no. of dollars a year writing one post <laughs> a week for whatever newspaper she was writing for. But like, it was just like this really, again, deeply yeah. cynical understanding of what it meant to get into a relationship, hoodwink people into being in a relationship with you, like, and do all these, like, machinations yeah. where it's like, chances are the person you're going to be in a long-term relationship, you meet with in a casual setting, like, you're both taking the same philosophy class in college because it's a required gen ed, and you sit next to each other and think, like, oh, Sartre was an idiot. <laughs> like, that's how you meet the person that you Mary, not like, you know, at an industry mixer and he's the jerk in the corner wearing the bad tux, but you're going to fix right. him. And it's just like, ah, oh, this is garbage. <laughs> well, what would you say as we are wrapping up this conversation? And I know we've talked some about the marriages that we think are um, successful, whatever that means, right? One, one television or in pop culture that we think really show all the ins and outs and intricacies and good things about marriage if you could pick one and if, we, and if you've already named it that's cool if you could pick one marriage and again we know that there are more but we just have time for one um or and a half that you think are accurate positive representations of monogamous relationships and also marriage. i have 
and I'll I have to admit, I went back into that. our Twitter chat, Leslie, in order to see like one of the ones that I named. And I was like, oh, I can't believe I forgot to mention this. But really quickly, the Gundersons from Fargo. You've got Frances McDormand, who's trying to solve a murder, and her husband, oh. and she's pregnant, and her husband is excited to get his painting of a mallard on a duck stamp. And to me, that is like marriage. It's, like, it's just, and, it, it's a delightful and they marriage. They each other. They and it with they that support each other in the, in the midst of all of Say this again. grisly, like craziness that she dealt with to be able to. Because you think the only way that that person is not going to be insane is if they have a supportive, stable thing at home. And I just I rewatched it again recently, like probably about a year or so. And the 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 wood chipper line never ceases to. Amaze me. That's because once again, Frances McDormand is such a powerful actor, and that she delivers this line, like the very idea of it is grisly, but she says it so matter of factly, like, okay, so that's your. I guess that's your friend there in the wood chipper, because that's why is your friend in the wood chipper? Um, but <laughs> it's that's the way that it went, and it was just yeah, right. It was such a lovely marriage. I mentioned uh, Jed and Abby Bartlett. Um, there is a, a newer show right now that just ended the first season on Apple TV called Shrinking. That um, Have you mm-hmm. seen it? Either of you? You've seen it, Lynn. Um, where there's a side character, side yeah. characters who are played by Ted McGinley and uh, Krista, what's her name? Is it Alan? I don't remember. Who was, from, yes, um, uh, who are the next door neighbors of this family where the wife has died and the father, Jason Siegel, is a mess and the daughter is a mess. Yes, and they're a mess. But she and her husband... Yes, Krista Allen. No, that's not her. Yes, Krista Allen was one... They were a couple months. Exactly, exactly. She was from Scrubs. Exactly. So she and... Well, he was Ted C. McGinley. That was different Ted McGinley. Krista Miller. Yeah, she, he was like the... Krista Miller, Ted Leslie. Was John C. McGinley. It's, I guess she's in with the McGinleys. Ted McGinley from... No, no. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. I didn't really think about the same last names, almost, um, who was on... He was the guy that in the 80s was rumored to have killed all the shows of the Married with Children and, um, and oh, Happy right. Days and The Love Boat and all those shows. And so his character... I kept expecting him to die because he was so great. Um, spoiler, he does not die. Um, but the two of them have this really funny relationship where they they clearly get on each other's nerves they've been married for a while they have two kids um she's sort of like she comes into it because she's an empty nester who's sort of transferred her maternal attentions onto the little girl next door the teenager next door and so there's a thing that right. happens you realize that he's you don't even know what he does for a living but he's retiring and she has been a stay-at-home mother all her life and she realizes he's gonna be in my space all the time and as much as she still obviously digs him physically and he's just a delightful person they have a lot of money that they kind of figure out oh wait they have a lot of money um she says things like my life is worked <laughs> in the fact that i always had something to fill it but i still had time to do my own thing and now he's going to be here all the time and so she basically says semi-sweetly you have to find something to do you must find something to do and that felt like such a real marriage to me because there are these people who clearly married when they were younger and once again, they're still hot for each other, but their life has worked, as Lynn said, because there was an agreement or at least a, a, a pattern and a standard of how the marriage went and now the standard was going to change. And she recognized that she had to address it before it got 
crazy. So it's been renewed. So we'll see what happens to them in, uh, in future episodes. But yeah, I just, I love this discussion. Um, because yeah, go ahead. Oh, can I say mine? I'll just say mine again quickly. It's the, I, I keep going back mm. to the Keatons from Family Ties. I'm sure that there are more that I'm, that I'm thinking of, but there are people who liked each other um, uh, throughout the show because the show was based in the marriage. Because again, even um, a lot of these shows, when people do wind up together, it's end game and it's the end of the thing. And we don't get to see the mm-hmm. actual successful marriage. Like Ross and, well, who know if they were successful, but Ross and Rachel and who know if they actually even got married, but we knew they were together, they're going to be together raising their, child who they've been previously co-parenting separately. But then I was thinking about living single where um, this world they want, they Kyle and um, mm-hmm. Maxine wind up together who've been mean off and on, but I love them. Yeah. And yeah. because she's pregnant, right? Isn't she pregnant at the end of the show? And so them, um, but it's this whole thing where we can't see, even how I met your mother, the whole show was supposed to be about how he met this woman when he freaking winds up with the woman that he liked the whole show. And so it's, um, we don't get to actually see yeah. in some of these things, the actual successful marriage. We get to see the run up to them either being together, breaking up and then getting back together. Oh, mad about you. I'll go. That's probably because that Even marriage it lasted. Is, they, they, mm-hmm. they, got, uh, Jamie they broke and, up uh, and they got back together, didn't they? They broke yeah, up they and did. together. Yeah, that, that was like yeah, addressed in the reboot. Oh, yeah, they did. It, there's a flash forward where they've gotten divorced and the, uh, Mabel, who is now That's an right. adult. I mean, they don't, when they do the reboot, they act like that never happened, but they're, they, they spring oh, okay, forward and Mabel, who's uh, Janine Garofalo, you know, is Gene now Garofalo. dealing with them having gotten divorced. The original, the original series... I at the end of the original series. I loved that show growing right. up because I knew I never wanted kids. And I thought it was like the coolest thing ever where these people were like happily married and had like a fun New York City life. And then like they at the end of the show, right. they literally were like, what if they had a kid and broke up? And I was like, <laughs> that's like eight years of my childhood thrown down the drain. My God. So, uh, Emily, there's a question we always ask at the end of the show, which is, um, this has been so delightful. I can't. Um, and and there was so much guys who were listening. There was so much drama literally really? happening in my backyard, looking out my back door. Um, so I I was. If you will say, Leslie, who's usually a, a blabbermouth, was super quiet this episode. It's because I literally missed a lot of it. But that's okay. Um, I, Emily, yeah, it's life uh, is bigger than you and you were not life. me. I'm sorry, the REM happening. Um, do you? <laughs> I was going with life is a mystery. Everyone must stand alone. I hear you call my name and oh, it feels Lord. like. See, and that, now oh, you know so what, why, uh, what happens when twins do this. Stuff. <laughs> so, Emily, um, do you ultimately think that this thing, marriage, is cheesy? And if it is, do you care? I think good marriages are cheesy because you're supposed to, you're supposed to, you're supposed to have fun with your partner. That's yes. the point life kind of sucks sometimes and so like if you are lucky to find someone that you have fun with for however limited of time they're in your life be cheesy and have fun with them you know i'm just gonna say really really quickly like uh john wick just came out 
everybody's Keanu's doing the circuits. And someone asked him, when was the last time you felt bliss? And he said, I was in bed with my girl. We were laughing and having a great time. And I was just like, that is what marriage is supposed to be. That is what partnership is. That is like, if you are lucky enough to want it and get it, that's what it's supposed to be. So let it be cheesy. I'm sorry people are afraid to show you the cheesy, wonderful parts of marriage and partnership. Like, it's supposed to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this Dang is delightful. So, Emily. That's a perfect answer. I'm going to ask your question. So, Probably, Lynn. Sorry. Um, no. Okay. Where can people find No, you? no, go. I'm much more cynical than this most of the time on Twitter. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> Where... <laughs> <laughs> where I'm Ms. Emily Edwards, and, and that's pretty much where you'll find me most of the time. Uh, my podcast, Fuckboys of Literature, is coming back at some point this year, and I'll tweet out links if you're following me there. And uh, and, and I, by the way, it. cannot recommend Yay. that. The, there were so many books that I either read or reread. Um, I tried to reread um, Less Than Zero after the... Uh, yeah, I know. God, why? Terrible conversation. Um, it just, and I, there's things I was like, oh, I haven't thought about that. And I was like, oh, I was right to hate this. I knew I hated it before I read it. And now I do hate it again. So anyway, it's wonderful. Read more books. Uh, as Emily said yesterday, buy her damn book um, on, on Twitter. And I retweeted, buy, 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 buy my damn, damn book. book. Hell, someone you know. Book. Buy my book. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do all of that. Produce anyway, my we plate. are so excited that you're here, guys. Um, keep it easy and stay cheesy.